Lift your right hands to heaven. Father, we rejoice that this morning we have this opportunity to learn, to be equipped to grow in knowledge and grace. Thank you, Lord, that we speak words which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual persons. And we ask that the eyes of your people's understanding flooded with light. Nobody lives here the same way they came. Bodies and yokes are destroyed. And we decree that by the end of this service, Jesus is glorified. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer sees a powerful amen. amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore, today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, and every believer says a powerful amen. amen. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. We also want to welcome all of our Quaibom State community connected to the service right now by way of Comfort FM, XL FM, Radio Aquaibom, Passion FM, Inspiration FM, and Heritage FM. And we're also on Premium FM in a back Premium FM every day. We're on Premium FM um, every day. Um, I'm not too sure of the time by heart, by heart right now. But I'm sure we're going to make adverts towards the, the premium FM broadcast, which is already running. And we're going to talk about the time some more within the week. And then we're also going to put extra adverts so that more people will get to listen to that broadcast. But I know it's somewhere in the morning hours. So we'll talk about it within the week. But we're glad to welcome everybody that is connected to the service right now. All of our social media community, do me the favor of getting the, the message to the ends of the earth. Share the video on your page. Tag some people. Join as many groups as possible. Share with all the groups. Put the messages on, on, on WhatsApp groups, Telegram, Monogram. Let's flood the earth with the fragrance of Jesus' grace. I also want to welcome all our campuses around the world. What a joy to have everyone in the campus, our brothers and sisters around the world. Welcome to the service this morning. We're excited to have all of you in the service. Is everybody in the building excited about the word of God? Can we celebrate the word of God with a shout this morning? Glory! Amen. Grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self. Let's get into the word of his grace this morning. <clears throat> now, if you were not in the first service, I will advise you to get the teaching of the first service. It will help you a lot with a number of things I have dealt with because I'm just going to continue from this service. God knows that God's spirit always leads us. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. God's spirit always leads us. We're looking at leading and perception. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we will not have an issue with the leading of the spirit. Because you are born of God, you are led. Because you are born of God, you are led. Yet it is important to know what the leading of the spirit is. We are examining how do we perceive the leading of the spirit. We have said that the leading of the spirit is direct. You don't have to pray for leading. Every believer is naturally led. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 to 16. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 to 16. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Next verse. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Next verse. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We said that most of the time, the way we receive oftentimes is where the challenge is. We have no problem with God talking to us. It's how we receive what God is saying. That's where the problem, the perception, the leading don't have problem is the perception. How you receive the message or how you receive what God is saying. And we also said that many of us are on the lookout for the spectacular. And when you're looking out for the spectacular, you miss the supernatural. Because the supernatural can be very simple. The spectacular is that which looks dramatic. That which looks like a wonder. You know, those dramatic things. That's spectacular. And that's what many people look out for most of the times. But God's leadings are so simple that we have to pick up the impressions and the revelations that we receive from the Spirit of God. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16 and 17. Please pay attention. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16 and 17. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He says, when there is revelation, the eyes of your mind are being enlightened. Revelation is the enlightenment of the eyes of your mind by the Spirit of God. The enlightenment of the eyes of your mind. So revelation is from your spirit to your mind. The eyes of your mind. That means the eyes of your will. That is the eyes of your thinking are flooded with light. That's revelation. In other words... You cannot take away your thinking from how you respond to the leading of the spirit. In the leading of the spirit, your thinking comes to play. Your thinking, your thought process. And today, we will have a broader perspective as we begin to examine decision making. Decision making in the leading and the perception of God's leading. The question is, how interested is God in what we do? How we do it and where we do it. When we do it and with whom we do it. Take note of the questions. How interested is God in what we do? Number two, how we do what we do. Number three, where we do what we do. Number four, when we do what we do. Number five, with whom we do what we do. How interested is God in those very factors? That's the question we should ask. How interested is God in the decisions that we make in our lives? Is God really interested in how we dress, how we eat, how we sleep? Because sometimes we think that God is only interested in spirituality. We're being spiritual. But like I said in the first service, the analogy I gave was the analogy of an inventor. An inventor who invented a device, let's say an inventor who invented the microphone, is interested in how the microphone is used. The color of the microphone, 
where the microphone is used, the attitude of the microphone, the output of the microphone, you know, the productivity of the microphone. The guy who invented the microphone is interested in every detail of the microphone. Very interested. One time, you know, Toyota also, was it Toyota or Mercedes-Benz, one of those companies, produced a car, sold some thousands of that car, and then they discovered there was a defect. So the manufacturer asked everybody to bring back the cars, and they're going to replace it for them at no charge. Why? Because their name is on that vehicle, and they care about what people's impressions are of who they are based on their product. Now, so if human beings are that particular about their product and its functionality, how much more God, the creator of man? He's interested in what you do. He's interested in what you wear. He's interested in what you eat. He's interested in where you live. God is interested in everything. In fact, the Bible tells us that the very hair of your head is numbered. Every time you comb your head and hair falls off, the number is corrected. That's how detailed God is about you. He cares about everything. You know, sometimes you think that God only cares about we doing ministry. He only cares about we praying in tongues. No, he cares about everything. How you slept, whether you slept well or not, what you ate, whether you're eating to build or you're eating to abuse your body. God cares about all of that. He's interested in everything. Every detail of your life, God is interested in it. Now, Please stay with me. So we are looking at decisions. The making of decisions. Every minute of your life, you're making decisions. Right now, you made decision to listen to me. And you can decide while I'm teaching, you can decide not to listen to me. Because every minute, you're making decisions. You decide where to go. You decide when to go. You decide how to talk to people. You decide how to look at somebody. You decide not to look at somebody. You decide to keep your legs like this. And while I'm teaching, if you like, you decide to cross your legs. You, every minute you are making decisions. You decide to sleep while I'm teaching. And you decide to stay awake. You decide to write things that pertain to other things you plan to do within the week. Making it look like you're writing what I'm teaching. But you decide not to listen. Nobody's going to ask you. Nobody's going to challenge you. Every minute of the day, you're making decisions. And all of these decisions put together will ultimately determine whether you are in the will of God or out of the will of God. Because God has a will for your life. God has a purpose for your life. God has a plan for your life. Because you are God's product. You are God's product. Now stay with me. So, we're going to be examining ministry, career, location. That is where you live. We will look at marriage, which is very key. We will look at business and investments, which are very important. We want to be able to look at where and what role does common sense play in the perception that we have of the leading of the spirit. And in the first service, I began to talk about Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth, whom, you know, God told them they were going to have a baby and that the name will be called John and the ministry of John. God gave them a brief on the baby they were going to have. God didn't tell them to go and have sexual intimacy. But Zechariah by common sense knew that if God told him that his wife will have a baby and this is what the baby will do, Zechariah knew that he has a responsibility 
to sleep with his wife and produce the baby. God didn't need to tell him sleep with your wife. That is where common sense comes in perceiving the leading of the spirit. We also talked about Peter. The Holy Ghost told Peter to stand up when he was in prison. Stand up. Peter stood up to run. The Holy Ghost said, wait, wear your clothes. That's common sense. Wear your clothes. Take your sandal. Let's go. Common sense. God is not going to play the common sense for you. You will have to play the common sense part in perceiving the leading of the spirit. You have to play the common sense. And many people, that is where they get stranded. Many people, that is where they get frustrated. And they start fasting and praying endlessly because they miss out something they should have done that will have moved them into that plan and purpose of God for, your, for their lives. So they start fasting and praying and going all over the place looking for what they call deliverance because they think it's a demonic problem not knowing it's just a common sense application that is lacking in helping them walk into that which God has designed for their lives. Are we still in the building? Now, so there's a place of common sense. And sometimes we feel that God should do what we ought to do by ourselves. God doesn't function like that. You have to be the one to apply that common sense in obeying the leading of the spirit. Now, remember I have said in life generally we have options. Options, every human being. In the choice of a career, there are options. You can decide to be a medical doctor. You can decide to be a lawyer. You can decide to be an architect. There are options in life. Every day you wake up, you wake up with options. To go out, not to go out, to sleep or to wake up. All those are options. Every human being has options, you know, all the time. And it is making the decision on which of these options to choose that ultimately will determine whether you're in the will of God or you're out of the will of God. Like I said in the first service, you can go and read medicine and then by the time you're graduating from medical school, you'll find out that there are about 100,000 medical doctors in the country and there are maybe only 500 hospitals that need doctors. So you end up joining the competition market and some people never ever go beyond that. They stay there frustrated and they end up living a life of regret and they blame everybody else for what you know they ought to have done that they never did. So we're dealing with things here that are very critical that will help you to enjoy this grace that Jesus has already given you. So now, listen carefully. <clears throat> um, there's also location. Location is important. You know, a job, a job comes to you, better opportunities, greener pastures somewhere in Nigeria, where now you have to relocate from Akwaibom and go there. Maybe relocate to Yobe State. Or you relocate to Borno State. Or of course, Bayelsa. Or Ogun State. For greener pastures, they used to say. Now, that's straightforward for some people. So now you go to Benin or Wari or Lagos and you are faced with there's a green opportunity, greener pasture. Do I go or do I not go? Then you conclude, it's not important. How can God tell me where to live? I don't even need to pray about it. I can decide where I want to go. <laughs> we have marriage, and in marriage, you also have options. Options. And if you say you don't have options in marriage, you are an exception to the rule. 
Because everybody has options. Nobody say, well, since I was born, nobody has told me I love you. Something is wrong with you, fundamentally. You Have you told somebody you love him? Because if you have not told somebody you love him, maybe that's why nobody has told you he loves you. Because as you grow in life, you love people. You love your mommy. You love your daddy. And you tell them, daddy, I love you. Mommy, I love you. You love your brothers. Okay? And then you grow into extended family members. You grow into neighbors. I love you. I love you. No strings attached. You're not thinking of sex. You just, you, just, you just love them. Love them for them. And as you grow loving people, people love you back. So when a lady says, no man has ever told me I love you because you live in a hate island. And nobody wants to cross in there because it's full of bile and hatred. Even those ladies, if you look at them, they look very, very tight up. They look tensed. And you know that such a person, if you stay with that person, you will harvest the fruit of complaint. They are not happy. Who wants to spend his life with gloomy, moody, dowdy, bloom, gloom, zloom, Nobody wants to spend his life with a very dowdy human being. I want to be around people who are happy. Trust me by God. I don't like sad environment. If you are a sadist, don't come close to me because even my angels will push you away. I like people that are happy. And I want to be around happy people because I'm a happy person. I'm a happy person. I don't know how many of you want to be around people that are sad. Any? No. Uh, I don't know why nobody has told me I love me. I spend time with such people, whether ladies or men, you will find out that their life is full of complaint. They complain about everything, including God and Satan, and, and even the rats in their house, they complain. No rats are coming to this house. The rats now are too much. I'm teaching good. I know what I'm talking about. You know, I'm a pastor. I talk to people all over the world. I know what I'm talking about. So from my youth, nobody has ever... You need prayers. Because everybody has options. Every human being has options. Do I do this? Do I do that? What about this? You have options. Life is full of options. Some people think pastors are gods. So everything they want, they'll go to a pastor. Should I eat? Papa, is it gari or rice? All. Eat everything. Don't come to me and ask me what to eat. You know? And there are people that can't do anything till they talk to a pastor. They can't. No, no, no. God never designed for you to live your life like that. Even God doesn't control you like that. You're not a robot. He gave you the freedom to choose. However, he gives you wisdom on what to choose and what not to choose. Am I talking to anybody here? We have options in life. So in the book of Judges chapter 6, a man by the name of Gideon spoke to God and God answered him. Now we will deal with that. Look at Gideon. I mean, Judges chapter 6 verse number 16. Judges 6, 16. <clears throat> and the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Next verse. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign. Did you see that? Underline that. Show me a sign that thou talkest with me. That's a, that's a place never to miss. Show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Next verse. 
Depart not thence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee. And bring forth my present, and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. Next verse. And Gideon went in and made ready a kid and unleaving cakes on a, of an ephah floor. The flesh he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and brought it out unto him under the oak and presented it. So now, some people say, well, father, this is what Gideon did. God, if you are the one talking to me, make Nepal take light now. God, if you are the one talking to me, let a dog hit my door. And then suddenly you hear a dog, whoa, 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 whoa. Because Satan uses elements. So if you use elements to seek for direction, you will have elements coming because Satan works in the realm of elements. God, if you are the one that is talking to me, wake me up by two o'clock. Two on the dot, Satan will wake you up. Pow! Say, thank you, Jesus. So Gideon was saying, God, give me a sign. And you know, Pastor Praise, there are many people that live their life by seeking for signs. God, are you the one? Okay, if you are the one, make that sister to greet me, then I will know she's my wife. And the sister will just say, good morning, sir. She has never greeted you before. A guy I know, you know, I had the story of in, in just Plateau State, a church that, you know, the pastor was my friend years back, but he's going to be with Jesus. The guy was praying for a wife and those are the days they used to teach about will of God, will of God in marriage. There's one will of God for if you miss, you have missed. So he said, oh God, after praying for long, he said, Lord, in short today as I go to church, the first sister that will greet me, I will marry her. The first sister that will greet me. And there was a sister in that church that, you know, was paralyzed from her waist down. So she uses crutches. So as he was arriving church, as soon as he arrived at the church door, she was sitting by the church door. She just said, good morning, bro. He said, I bind you. You are not the first to greet me. God is bringing the first person to greet me. <laughs> you already said the first sister. That is a sister. She's not an unbeliever. Why are you binding? You're binding a child of God? There's no verse that says, whatever child of God you bind. No, we don't bind believers. Believers stand fast in the liberty where with Christ has set them free. They cannot be bound or bound or bound. You don't use, it's what we call fleece. You don't use fleeces to seek for direction. That's a fleece. You know, it's like a, um, it's like a trial and error. Now look at that, Judges chapter 6 verse 22. Judges chapter 6 verse 22. And the angel of God said unto him, take the flesh and the unliving cakes. 22 brother, Judges 6 22. And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. Next verse. And the Lord said unto him, peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Gideon thought because he has seen an angel, he will die. That is one of the assumptions of the Old Testament. So he put out a sign. Lord, if it is you, let me see a sign. And people get into trouble playing in the senses. Because when you're talking about a sign, you're talking about walking in the sense realm. Walking in the sense realm. Not walking in revelation. 
And Satan is the God of this world and he can manipulate things. I have seen Satan manipulate visions. And you hear people say he, they saw Jesus. But that is not Bible Jesus they saw. It was a manipulated Jesus by the devil in their subconscious. And some people have even gone to heaven, not Bible heaven, heaven that Satan manipulated. And you know, some of us glorify dreams. I dream. My dream, eh? the way I dream. No, you don't glorify dreams. Dream is the least way God can speak to you. The least. Dream is like after all options have ended. God has tried to reach you in every other way. He couldn't reach you because you are spiritually dull. Then God decides to use a dream to communicate. Don't glorify dreams. You have the gift of the spirit. You have the word of God. You have the Holy Spirit. You can't be glorifying dreams. And making a big deal out of your dreams. So Gideon put out the fleece and God honored it. And I'll soon show you why God honored it. Stop using fleeces to determine the will of God for your life. If you say anytime my wife conceived, God allowed it. <laughs> you will soon be the father of all nations. Anytime my wife is pregnant, God has allowed it. You will soon hit 12, 15 children. Is it not true? I said, is it not true? It's true. So there is common sense in perceiving the leading of the spirit. God doesn't have to tell you, you know, um, have a child before you have a child. Once you marry a wife, you know that part of marriage is to have children. You don't wait for God to tell you to have children. When God says, go quickly and meet so and so, go quickly and meet so and so you don't drive your car and start driving without checking fuel and other things even though it's God that said go quickly and check so and so when you enter your car you check fuel you check engine oil even though God said quickly the quickly of God does not preclude caution that's where common sense comes in and you won't because God said quickly you go and check that person. You drive at 280. 280 kilometers per second. You will ram into people and destroy. But God said quickly. Yes, God said quickly. But in the quickly of God, there is room for common sense. In the quickly of God, there is room for common sense. Common sense is where caution comes. Common sense is where you make sure you do the right thing. You do it properly. So, when we put out fleeces and we wonder why things are like that is because fleeces doesn't mean it is God. God, if you are the one, let my uncle visit me today. Your uncle will come with some village heads. So you find that many times when it comes to the leading of the spirit in our lives, it is a combination of many decisions. A combination of of many decisions that we eventually make. You will discover that following the plan of God for our lives is like a tangent. If you discover there's a place I am supposed to go, even if it is close by, you don't just get there straight. It's like a tangent. Even if it's close back, you will have to follow the plan and sometimes 
the plan could take you round and round and round before you finally arrive. It is in the following of that plan, nitty gritty details here and there, that will ultimately arrive at that plan of God. There is no plan of God for your life that is just here, bam, bam, uh-uh, none. No, no plan of God that you just enter like that. It is the series of decisions you make every day in different areas of your life put together over time that situates you in the plan and the purpose of God for your life. Which now means that every decision you make in life is critical in helping you arrive at the plan of God. Every decision you make, every decision, from decision of career to decision of wife to marry to decision of children to have a marriage, decision of where to live, all of that put together will determine whether you are situated in the plan of God or not. Because those decisions ultimately will be what will situate you in the plan and the purpose of God for your life. Please stay with me. We've already agreed that God is interested in everything a Christian does. You know, medical doctors know, and Dr. Gabriel is a medical doctor. Medical doctors know that if a particular part of your body is malfunctioning, it can affect the overall functioning of your body. So that means one part of your body can destabilize your entire body. That is why in the plan of God, one decision can disorganize all of God's plan for your life. Because the plan of God for your life is like the functionality of the physical body. So that's why you don't just make decisions anyhow. You must know and have the responsibility of knowing that this decision I'm about to make will impact on God's overall plan for my life. Therefore, I must be careful about making the decision. I must be careful about making the decision. There are many people that are regretting why they married certain people they married. Both men and women. Many, they have regrets. If they have their way, they will just end that marriage and get another person that will give them peace in their lives. But they already made a decision. And there are many people that cannot fulfill the plan of God because their wife is a major obstacle. And there are many people that cannot work in the plan of God because their husbands are a major obstacle. They cannot kill the husband. They cannot kill the wife. And they cannot divorce them because there's no reason for divorce. But yet the people stay in their life like a clog in the wheel and stops them from God's plan. So again, decision, decision, decision will ultimately decide whether you live in the plan of God for your life or you live below God's plan for you. As a child of God, you don't, just, you don't just make decisions carelessly. No. You don't. Because they will impact on you. <laughs> they will impact on you. Don't be careless. Except you don't take your life serious. Don't be careless. Don't be careless. <clears throat> so certain things will happen to us. That we get to the wrong tangent if we're not careful. And then, see, when you finally miss the plan of God and you start going to the wrong tangent, the only way to get back to that plan is that God will now bring you back to square one. Square one. And then you start the journey afresh. Afresh. There are no shortcuts. No shortcuts in following God's plan. Please don't forget that. 
There are no shot. That's why some people, it is at the age of 50, 60, or even 70 that they now finally locate God's plan for their life. But at that time, all the stamina and strength and agility they will have had to push it is almost gone. But at least they finally entered something. As I as a young man, you don't play. Young man, you don't play with your choices. Just play around. Carry one sister, play around. Re release her. Carry another one. Play around, release her. <laughs> you are joking. Because every day of your life counts in the calculation of your age. Every day. As a young man, somebody has taught me the things I'm teaching some of you. Maybe I wouldn't have wasted some time I wasted. Every day of your life counts in your age. So if you play with today, you just wasted 24 hours. You play with tomorrow, another 24 hours. You play with one year, you have played with 365 days of your life. And you cannot recover it. You can't recover it. So make hay while the sun shines. Don't play with your life. Don't think you have time. Time is deceptive. It makes you think it is there. Then when suddenly you turn, you find out that it is not there anymore. That's why the guy, David and Solomon could say, teach us to number our days. That we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Teach us, Lord, to number our days. Don't think you're too young. 25, 30, 40 years ago, of my ago in my life, I thought I was very young. By the time I turned, I discovered 40 years is gone. It goes so fast. It goes so fast that it will shock you that it has gone so fast. Right now you think you're a young girl, you still have strength. By the time you turn, you have four children that are already looking for how to go to university and graduate. Then you realize that, uh -uh, I'm not really that young. Uh -uh, just yesterday, I thought I was young. <laughs> just yesterday, time is deceptive. You really don't have the time you think you have. So don't use your life for experiment. Don't play around and play around and play around. <laughs> Few days ago, it was December 25, I, was, I mean, December 31. I was standing on this altar speaking God's word over you. This is September. By the time you turn tomorrow, it will be January 2022. Time goes. Time waits for nobody. And life is measured in time. Life is measured in time. I'm teaching good. Thank you, Lord. So, square one is the most difficult place to get for many of us. Get back to square one. In First Samuel chapter 16, God told Samuel to go to the house of Eli, I mean the house of Jesse, and anoint for me a king. What was the instruction? Go to the house of who? Jesse. And do what? Anoint for me a king. And he goes to the house of Jesse. Now listen everybody. Listen carefully. He begins to tell himself. God has sent me to anoint a new king. But there was a king. Now the question would be. What if Samuel did not continue listening? If all Samuel had was go and anoint me a king, he would have anointed the wrong person. Because in his mind, the king will be Eliab. 
And when he arrived, he looked for Eliab. But because he was still listening to God, that is why he knew that mm -mm, it's not Eliab. So he now decided to go through the children one by one. Because sometimes that is the way to go. You go through the process to finally arrive at what God is saying. So he went through the children one by one. And it was in that process he knew that all of them are not. He now says they are none again. They said there's a little boy. He said we shall not see till he comes. And then on David's arrival, he now knew that this is a person. Because God won't tell you everything at once. He tells you step by step. And as you obey one, he brings two. As you obey two, he brings three. He doesn't tell you everything at once. God doesn't function like that. He leads you step by step so that you can trust him and rely on him to continue leading and guiding you into his ultimate purpose. Now, even some of, some of us here will begin to rejoice. The next king is coming from the house of Jesse. God has already spoken. No problem. We'll just go there and anoint somebody. No. He had God, but he patiently paid attention to the details. There are details you ought to hear when God is speaking to you. It's not good enough to know the country God is leading you to. Sometimes you need to know the street. Sometimes you need to know the street. He said to the guy, go to a street called straight. Sometimes you need those specifics. You don't just relocate. Mm -mm. He told him, go to the house of Jesse and anoint me a king. Even with that, it was not sufficient. So he now used common sense. He said, God has asked me to go to the house of Jesse and anoint a king. But you all know that there's still a king in Israel. And if the king finds out that Samuel is going to anoint a new king while he's in power, he will kill Samuel and kill everybody in the house of Jesse. That's where common sense comes. Because the king of Israel then saw there was all the army, all the navy, all the air force were at his command. So when God sends you or tells you something, you need to use some common sense. So he now said, God, if Saul here, he will kill me. What do I do? God says, okay, as you are going, if they ask you where are you going with oil, tell them you are going to worship and sacrifice. Don't tell them you're going to anoint the king. So God gave him common sense on how to apply the instruction God has given to him because there is common sense in the application of divine direction. Tell them I'm going to worship and I'm going to sacrifice. Of course, anointing a king is a sacrifice unto God. But don't use anointing the king, use sacrifice. That's wisdom. That's common sense. God didn't say nothing will touch you. God just gave him the right phrase to use. And you see, when he got to the house of, of Jesse, he even missed God. He went and started looking for Eli. But because he kept listening, he was able to finally identify the right person. Remember, there's a distance between the spirit and the mind. There's a distance between the spirit and the mind. And it will take patience to locate exactly what God is saying. It will take patience to locate exactly what God is saying. I can assume that you're from the very first that from the very first statement God made, 
Everything was revealed. Yes. But it will take patience. The details, the details Prophet Samuel got later was as a product of his perception. You have to pay attention to details to what God is saying. Sometimes we are too forward. We conclude too quickly. We just conclude. God has not even started talking. He just gave you the headline. You have concluded. Impulsive listeners. So the leading of the spirit is not a one time event. The leading of the spirit is not a one time event. It's a concurrent and a combination of many decisions. It's not a one time event. It's a combination of many decisions that we make through life. Not just one. That's why you must take every decision serious. No matter how insignificant they look like. Because some decisions you make today may haunt you tomorrow. They may come after you mercilessly. Some decisions you make today can pursue you and make life unbearable for you. So be careful how you make decisions. If Abraham had known that sleeping with his house girl to produce Ishmael will throw the Middle East into an eternal permanent enmity. Permanent. Between the Arabs and the Jews. Ishmael and Isaac. One decision, wrong decision has thrown generations in endless fights by a father. By a father. Some of you have products of a home where your father married two wives. Till today, that decision your father made has put you in your family in total disarray. One careless decision. Your father just saw one fine girl, carried and added to your mother. Just add that. The girl is the addition. Your mother is the main thing. As he added her, the addition became the biggest problem of the entire life. The man died sorrowful. And the children are going through sorrow. Careless decision. One choice you make can totally upturn your entire life. And keep your children unborn in perpetual pain. Watch what decisions you are making in life. When you are making it, it may be sweet. When the repercussions begin to come, it may not be worth it after all. It may not be worth it after all. A friend of mine divorced his wife. Divorced her. Very nice grounds. When they was to divorce, I asked him again, are you sure you want to do what you're about to do? It is in your power to make the decision, but you do not control the outcome of the decisions. Are you sure? I know you have reasons to divorce your wife. I know you have a lot of reasons. But are you really sure you are ready for the outcome of this decision? Because you make the decision, but you don't control the ripple effects. He's a man of God. I'm ready for it. I said, okay, no problem. He didn't just divorce her. He left everything for her plus the house and ran away. She woke up and didn't see him because she was a violent woman. 
he ran away. A woman that makes a man to run away from his house. God will deliver you. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't know what you're talking about. It's Papa Ayo who said sometimes you see a man walking on the road and talking alone. Yeah. Yes. He said, no problem. <laughs> no problem. A man is walking by himself and talking. Mm -hmm. Yes. After what is it? What is it? <laughs> alone. Fire is burning somewhere. You will see me, say, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And then you see me, you enter the road. That is what he's saying is, let a car push me down. It doesn't matter. Let me die. Of what use am I alive? It doesn't matter. Cars will be avoiding him. He is begging death to carry him. Death is saying, not, not now. You, not now. You, that thing you did, you have to enjoy it. Some of you just carelessly make decisions. Carelessly, you, you don't think about the weight, the implication of that decision. I'm teaching good. <clears throat> so you need to take every decision seriously. Don't assume this area doesn't matter. God will understand. No. It's not about God understanding. It's about you and the repercussions. Because every decision is vital. Paul, for instance, chose Timothy. He first asked the elders about Timothy. And they told him about his testimony. Then he chose him. And you know, it took Paul a while. It took time for Paul to conclude that Timothy is his son. You know, those of us that understand Bible, we don't just go around claiming sons. That is my son. My son. No, we don't do like that. That's my daughter. For what now? Are you so hungry for children? Pregnant your wife. Produce plenty. We don't go around claiming sons. It takes a while. For me to call you my son, it takes a while. I have to be sure you're really my son. I don't want to claim people's children. Carrying people's wahala. For what now? Mm -mm. You have to really be a son for me to call you my son. I don't go around calling people son. I don't. Bless you, brother. Bless you. Oh, Papa, you're my father. Thank God. Bless you. For me to call you my son, I must see that you're truly one. <laughs> we don't go around looking for sons. When I see a son, I know. And when I see a stray child, I know. It's not everybody that is my son. No. At my age, I'm old enough not to be flattered by flattery. At my age. If at my age, I'm still being flattered. I'm a fool. And I know I'm not a fool. I know I'm not. I may look like one. But don't be deceived by looks. If you judge people by looks, you will be in trouble. Because most people don't look it. Most people don't look like it. Are we together here? I said, are we together here? Yeah. So it took Paul a while to call Timothy my son. And Paul didn't say, I'm looking for a son. 
He said, I'm looking for an assistant. So they took Timothy and gave him as an assistant. But after a while of following, then Paul saw that this guy has eaten from my ministry. Christ has been formed in him. Ministry has come out of him by my labor. He said, Timothy, my son, don't be afraid of the testimony of Jesus. Timothy, my son, it took time. It took time. People think we want people to be calling us Papa. Global Baba. Baba. For what now? How does it change the balance in my pocket? Global Baba. And the 2,000 Naira is still in the pocket. Baba. And the 2,000 Naira is still there. Baba. <laughs> Keep it. With a chop name. Hey, don't be calling anybody your father. Who asks you to call me father? I'm not father. If you want father, there are many in Catholic church. They have a lot of reverend fathers. Go there and get one. <laughs> yes? We are not looking for how you will call us father. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. But if truly you are my son, I am happy for you to call me father. And I'm happy to call you son. I'm very happy. But not father from a stray child. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. If, if people start, if biology, if naturally people start calling you father, it will cause problem. Because that means somewhere, somewhere, you must have met a woman that people are not aware of to produce a child. It's not even healthy for people to be calling you father everywhere. Uh -uh. I'm teaching good here. Uh, social media. Why are you calling him though? Why are you calling him father? What? Don't call me, call me Abel Damina. Is that not my name? But if I'm your father, you can't even call me Abel Damina. You can't. You can't it if I'm your father. But if I am not, why not? Why not? That's my name. Don't even put reverend. Don't put pastor. Ebel, Ebelito. Damina. She, they say I'm Papito. Papito, Ebelito. Damilito. Who Papa Eb? now. I'm teaching good this morning. It took a while for Paul to call Timothy son. You know? Some things happen with the concurrence of several decisions. We make several decisions in life to arrive at some things. For instance, marriage. I have discovered that marriage is not something that you pray for, but something you prepare for. Marriage is not something you pray for. Marriage is something you prepare for. You prepare for. You prepare for. Because some folks will have taken many decisions in their lives. They will have taken many decisions in their career. They will have gone far in their business. And, you know, but now, when it's time to get married, they start praying and fasting. 
And then sometimes, as a result of prayer and fasting, they go and marry somebody that is not fit for their lives. And they live a life of regret. Anytime you discover that you are in the wrong place, sometimes what you need to do first is to live where you are. Leave the place and go back to where you are supposed to start from. So sometimes you may need to change location. Because the location where you are in may be affecting what God wants you to understand and to know in ministry. Yes. Some people need to change location. Like some of you have left churches where you used to be. You are now in power city. And since you came into power city, things are now getting clear. Now you are beginning to have meaning to life. Is that true? Because you were in the wrong location. Now you have to come to the right place to hear the things you ought to hear to restructure your life and live a meaningful life. And there are some people that are still in that wrong place. But they are eavesdropping on what I'm teaching. And they are happy to hear me teach. But they are still in the wrong location. What I am teaching, you won't see the import of it. Because it won't work for you in a wrong direction. You have to leave. Get thee out of your father's house. Get out. To a place I will show you. To a place I will show you. And if you observe, when Abraham was living, he now took Lot. The instruction was not take your relatives. You get out. He took Lot. He took Lot. And not long after they have traveled, they started fighting and quarreling. And Abraham said, why are we fighting? Why are we quarreling? The land is before us. Lord, come. Make your choice. And Lord took the most flourishing part. And Abraham looked to God and said, God, the guy has taken everything. God said, no, 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 he has not taken everything. The blessing is not with him. The blessing is with you. You are the one I called. I didn't call Lot. You are the one that carried excess luggage. Now that the luggage is leaving you, lift up your eyes and see from where you are. Westward, southward, eastward, northward. As far as your eyes can see, including Lot and where Lot has chosen, I have given it to you. You cannot stop a man that is on course with God. You cannot stop a man that is in the will of God. You cannot stop a man that is blessed by God. No, you cannot. Every attempt to stop him will add to him. I'm teaching good this morning. I said, I'm teaching good this morning. You follow God. You follow God's plan. And you follow God's instructions to the later. So, it's important to change location sometimes. There are people that have relocated from where they used to live in Nigeria to Akwaibom to be in Power City. True or false? They moved their family, came here, rented a house, moved their business to this city so that they can be in this church because they have discovered that anything they want to be in life is possible if they will only hear the right things. So sometimes the first thing is to change location. Change location. <laughs> so there are decisions. There's no decision of your life that is not vital. And there are some things that are just common sense. If most of the people around you, listen carefully, and I'm using this word carelessly. If most of the people around you are carnal Christians, carnal Christians in quote, Permit me to use that word. You cannot marry a spiritual man or woman when you're always hanging out with carnal Christians. 
There's no way you surround yourself with carnal believers. You know, believers that are not spiritually minded. Believers that are fleshly minded. There's no way you surround yourself with them. And then now you, when it's time to marry, you will not marry a spiritual woman. From where now? Your entire environment is infested. You, you see the word I use? is what? Infested with flesh ruled people. So when it's time to marry, it is one of them you will marry. And he that soweth to the flesh shall reap corruption. A sister that don't care about prayer cruise. When I'm teaching, she is sleeping. Every Sunday you look at her, her notes are always clean because she wrote nothing. And you are planning to marry her. Well done. Continue. I didn't say continue, I said con continue. A brother that don't care about the things of God. He's not interested in spiritual things. He is not, he's not committed. Time to pray doesn't come. Even when he comes, he's outside in front of the church engaging brethren that are arriving. Oh, brother, how are you? It's been a while we did this. Okay, you're going in. All right, I will soon join. Oh, sister, how are you? He will be there for 40 minutes. When the prayer is about to round up, then he will come. Why wouldn't you be doing Hegabada? And even the Hegabada is checking phone. He's on Facebook. The day you marry such a brother by mistake, you don't enter. Continue. <laughs> no passion for spiritual things. No fire. No passion, no fire. This Dr. Gabriel that I was shouting. We were just chatting and he shared something with me. And I agreed with him and I laughed over it and I said, it's very serious. Sometimes the way to establish a relationship with people in church, as they start coming around, you tell him, uh, you want us to be always relating. Eh? Let's meet in prayer cruise. We will start from prayer cruise. Seven o'clock Saturday morning. Let's meet in prayer cruise. Me and you will pray together till 10. We'll do that for a few weeks. Then we can become friends. Only serious people will stay with you. Somebody is not serious. That's the end of that relationship. Prayer what? Me and you? Three hours? Oh, no. Let me look for another friend. Let prayer define your friends. Let's Bible study define your friends. Evangelism and discipleship. Those should be the markers that decide those that hang around you because people that hang around you can be the loophole to your downfall and could be the fire that will set you on your course. Let those spiritual determinants be the indicators that determine who your friends are. So if most people around you are not fervent, fervent in the work of ministry, there is no way you will yield to the Holy Spirit in the ministry like you're supposed to. Because the moment you allow people that are lukewarm, that is why I have told Dr. Gabriel and all our leaders here, any district pastor or house pastor that is lukewarm, remove him. 
Remove him immediately. We are replacing all the lukewarm ones. Because a lukewarm leader cannot lead firebrands. Listen carefully. An army led by a, uh, an army of sheep led by a lion will defeat an army of lions led by a sheep. An army of sheep led by a lion will defeat an army of lions led by a sheep. Everything rises and falls with leadership. I refuse to let any lukewarm person be my leader. In fact, he will run away. Because the fire I will bring from under his bomb bomb. The fire, you, you can't lead me with lukewarmness. No, no, no. I will either set fire on you or you clear. What are you talking about? You are a leader church. You come late. You sit and hide under the gallery. And be sleeping. And me, your follower. Me, your disciple. I'm on fire sitting in front making notes. You, my leader, you are at the back. Are you leading or I'm leading you? That is yeyestic. Yeyestic. I just created it. No. 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 That day is over. The old is gone. The new has come. This is a new power city. Am I talking to somebody here? This is not business as usual. No. This is a new day. You want to sit up, sit up. You don't want to sit up. Clear. Clear. There are people whose bones are on fire. You're a leader. When they call for leaders meeting, you come late. Church service, you're late. Everywhere, you're late. Even rapture, you're late. Even rapture, you're late. When we're all gone, then we will see you at the tail coming. Because of God's mercy. I'm about to close this service. <laughs> what are you talking about? Touch your neighbor say the old is gone. The new has come. You better be a part of the new. So there are things that have already affected your perception of things. There are things that have already affected it. <laughs> you know, Pastor Pray, some things are common sense. Common sense. I call them common sense. Not because they are common sense logically or psychologically. But because they are common sense to you as a Christian. Common sense. Let's look at marriage again. Marriage. The Bible gives clear instructions. You know, there's a, there's a man of God called R.C. Sproul. R.C. Sproul. He gave a quote. I, I like you to write if you're writing. He says, if you believe that the scriptures came through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. If you believe that the scriptures came through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And you believe the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And you believe the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Then... You cannot say that you are listening to the Holy Spirit when you are disobeying what he has already said. You cannot say that you are listening to the Holy Spirit when you have disobeyed what he has already said. 
Let me repeat that whole quote. If you believe that the scriptures came through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and you believe the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, then you cannot say that you are listening to the Holy Spirit when you are disobeying what has, he has already said in the written scriptures. That means, are you here? There is a general sense, that is, a general common sense in the scriptures for all of us. There is a general common sense in the scriptures for all of us. There's a general common sense in the scriptures for all of us. In business, there's a general common sense in the scriptures. Career, there's a general common sense in the scripture. Location, there's a general common sense in the scriptures. Marriage, there's a general common sense in the scriptures you can't take away from. I always say like location. We will see details on this location as we go on. When it comes to location, for example, changing countries. Dr. Damina, I just got admission to go to London to read Masters. Or to go to Korea and read PhD. Or to go to Japan or to go to Dubai. Or to go to America for PhD. Okay? Now, when it comes to change of location for such purposes. If you look at the Bible well. Moving from nation to nation was always for the purpose of fulfilling purpose. That's why people moved in the Bible. To go and fulfill purpose. To go and carry out a kingdom assignment. That was the purpose for moving from nation to nation. Deliberate decisions people make to fulfill purpose. Deliberate decisions. I'm going to go to Australia for the purpose of ministry. Even though I will read masters. So in the natural, it looks like it's masters I came to read in, in Australia. But in the spiritual, I came to Australia to start Power City Campus. That is my purpose. But I use a natural doorway to arrive Australia. So I'm reading masters, but my main assignment is to start a campus and raise disciples. By the time I'm finished with masters, I will have raised disciples, appointed a leader over the campus. Then I can relocate from Australia to another country for another purpose, to raise disciples, because I'm on a mission to fulfill God's purpose for my life. Not that you go and read masters and come back, you raise nobody. You wasted the time. No. No. Every time you are traveling somewhere, for a natural purpose. Know that beyond that natural. There is a higher call. And sometimes we may have to get some of you. To intentionally relocate to certain places. To go there and bring the light of the gospel. It is called mission work. The gospel that took the life of God. Is so serious. That it affects how you travel. And where you travel to. I'm teaching here. I said I'm teaching here. Hmm. 
What did Jesus say? Go into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel. Go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say go and do masters. He didn't say go and do PhD. He said go and make disciples. Go and preach the gospel to all nations. Are we saying you shouldn't do masters? You are not listening. You can't disobey God and make disciples of all nations. You can't disobey God to all the world and preach the gospel. That means in the specific things you want to do like masters or PhD or a business trip you must acknowledge the general common sense of scripture. And the general common sense of scripture for believers moving from place to place is for the purpose of establishing the kingdom and raising disciples. Am I clear? That's the purpose. That's the reason for migration in scripture. So I must see that by my going abroad, it is a platform to obey the leading of the spirit. My going abroad or my going overseas. I was watching a comedy within the week from some guy that always loves comedy. Somebody said, Dr. Lamina, do you watch comedy? Once in a while, I stumble on them. And uh, I'm not allergic to comedy. It's just that I don't also invest time in them. But if I cross one by chance, I watch. I laugh and move on. But that's not the source of my joy. So the guy now said, there is a difference between overseas and abroad. <laughs> he said, don't you know? They are not the same. Abroad is not overseas. Overseas is not abroad. He said, for example, Kotonou is abroad. America is overseas. I didn't know that before. <laughs> because Kotonou, you can trek from Lagos to Kotonou and they are two different countries. You can trek, I'm serious. From Lagos to Kotonou, you can walk and then you get there and they stamp your passport. You have gone abroad. <laughs> Even Cameroon. Cameroon, from Ecom, you can trek and you are in Cameroon. And you are abroad. He said, but overseas. <laughs> you fly over the sea. <laughs> I didn't know it was like that. <laughs> He's a comedian that taught me. Even though I'm yet to prove his, 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 his lecture. But it makes a little sense. So, no way you go abroad. <laughs> and no way you go overseas. <laughs> when you come back, no one to tell us. <laughs> I was so close, don't worry. <laughs> Praise God. You know, sometimes you people travel and then you travel and then when you get there, you now change church because you don't find power city. So you change church. When you change your church, you change the spiritual atmosphere over your life. 
The moment you change church, you change the spiritual atmosphere over your life. And then we ask you, why did you change church? I didn't see any other church. That's why I changed church. That's not a reason. The time you spent here, we should have trained you if you were attentive, such that if you go to where there's no Christ-centered church, you start one. That's why we're training all of you to be disciples, to go and disciple the nation. Say, I hear you. And so if there's none, you start one and become the lighthouse to that community and raise men in the message of Christ and make disciples. So when you leave, you leave a witness for the gospel. That's what makes your travel there productive. Not you go and eat burgers. Burgers or beggars. You eat burgers or beggars. Chips and chicken. Nando's. Nando's chips and chicken. Hot dog, cold dog, medium hot, sandwiches. You eat so much, so many sandwiches until you yourself you are sandwiched. You come back speaking differently <laughs> because you entered a new spiritual atmosphere. So you come back looking different, acting different, behaving different, and talking different. Bros, what a transformation! A transformation in the negative. Where you enter. He said, they didn't see our church, so I joined another church. And they taught us there to pray, pray for people to die. So now, whenever there's anybody to be dead, call me. I will die the dead the man. This is a brother that used to pray Pauline prayers. I bow my knees under the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that you will grant. The brother now comes back. He says, everyone that is looking for your downfall falls down five times. One, two, three, four, five. Ah, ah bros, what's happening? He moved to a different spiritual atmosphere and it affected him before he recognized it. That's why, you don't change. That's why in Bible days, you are not permitted to marry outside your tribe. Tribe is not Igbo Hausa Yoruba. Tribe is spirituality. You don't go and marry somebody of another faith. No, you will fight in your house. Faith can break your marriage if you're not careful. You empower city praying, Pauline prayers, functioning in New Testament revelation. Then you go and marry an orthodox person that does not even understand that in the Garden of Eden there were no fruits. Then the person comes to your house to be saying, we will not eat fruits because Adam ate fruit and he missed the call of God. We will only eat vegetables. Then you say, what do you mean? He say, I'm serious. He say, no, you're joking. I'm serious. If you bring fruit to this house, I will throw it out. We don't want to fall into the trap of Adam. You think it's a joke, but it's a serious. Is that English like that? It's not a joke. It's a serious. You know why it happened like that? You entered a different spiritual atmosphere to bring a life partner that will be one flesh with you. So you are trying to combine two different elements to work together. It's not going to work. Every time you merge it to part, every time you combine your wife, every time you people try to gather together, you will scatter, gather together. Because two spiritual atmospheres are fighting in one house. Some of you are in a wonderful church with great sisters here that if they take bible and pieces epignosis then you want to marry you now go to the village <laughs> mommy i have come find me a wife a wife like you from the village
I'll go and carry one for you. He said, she's a good girl. He said, okay, mommy, you marry and bring. When we are preaching, she's looking at us. Say, eh. So your pastor say, if you sing, God, God has forgiven you, eh? Hellfire is real. I don't like what he is saying. He said, ah. He said, I'm telling you, I will not come to that church. He said, ah. He said, in fact, if you go there, there will be fire in this house. Ah, ah. He went home now. It's a gift from whom? There's common sense in the Bible. Do not be unequally with that is common sense in the choice of a life partner. You don't need fasting for that. Common sense. In making decisions. There are general common sense supplies in scripture that helps us in making decisions that eventually lead us into the will of God. I'm teaching good this afternoon. And of course, you, when you go into a spiritual atmosphere that is different from ours, you start changing your friends. You change the kind of information you get. Then everything about you now changes. Because you took decisions that were going to affect you eventually. So when it comes to marriage, the scriptures are clear. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Light and darkness has nothing in common. You cannot marry a non-Christian. In fact, you cannot marry someone you are not sure he is saved. Even if he's in the same church with you. But you are not sure he is saved. You can't marry him. Neither can you marry someone that is saved by, by your confession. I believe God is saved. I believe God is saved. No. For by their fruits you shall know them. Don't look for God's will in a relationship with an unbeliever. There is no God's will there. Don't even look for it. An unbelieving relationship with you is out of the will of God. Period. If someone says, but I believe that Jesus is the son of God. Even demons believe and tremble. That's not enough. And then you want to marry somebody say, but I don't believe in speaking in tongues. And you want to marry such a person. I don't believe in speaking in tongues. After all, everybody must not speak in tongues. It's not speaking in tongues that makes you a believer. But that statement is an indicator that this is not your mate. That is not your mate. Two of you are not mates. You, you are nengondonjenge. And the person say, I don't believe in speaking in tongues. Please, when you're speaking, enter toilet. This house cannot carry us. Your wife is sending you to toilet because you're speaking in tongues. Very soon, she will send you to go and rent another house. Some say, no, I will change her. No, wait first. Change her before you marry her. That power you used to change after you marry, apply it first. And be sure you wait enough to confirm that it was not pretense. And somebody can pretend for 10 years. So wait till after 10 years. See your face. You think you are smart. <laughs> Glory! Glory! If you are learning something, shout, I hear, I hear. We are talking about leading some perceptions. 
Or you marry somebody who says, I don't really believe in miracles. Why miracle? There are good doctors. <laughs> okay. There are three people you cannot change. God, Satan, and married people. There are three people you cannot change. You can't change God. You can't change Satan. And the last one. You, once they are married, you can't, they can't change. That's why every husband, if you have any complaint on your wife, you have, she has told you sorry a hundred times and she's still doing it. You can't change married people. Every wife, if you have complaint on your husband, that's why you are, even with your fasting, he has no change. There are, the, are three of them you can't change. The only thing that can change a married man or a married woman is when he intentionally decides to look into the perfect law of liberty. Then he not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, the thing will change him. We all with open face, beholding the glory of God as in a mirror, we are changed. Except a man or a woman deliberately decides to look at the mirror, you can't change them. See, I will change him. <laughs> he will end up changing you. Because it is not good behaviors that change evil. It is evil that changes good. You don't know. First Corinthians 7.39 says, he says, the woman that, put it up, First Corinthians 7.39. First Corinthians 7.39. Glory to God. 7.39, First Corinthians. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will. Only in the Lord. That's common sense. Marry anybody, common sense, only in the law. That's common sense. Only in the Lord. So there's no room to decide for marriage outside people that are saved. That's not the will of God. And you know, to marry somebody, it starts with the relationships you keep. Who are you hanging out with? Who do you spend time with as a young man or a young lady? Who are your friends? Who are those always flocking around you? Some people are too close for comfort. Before you know it, your emotions will get in the way of hearing from God. So before you get entangled, clearly defined. There are relationships that should never lead to marriage. In fact, there are relationships that should not exist in the first place. First Corinthians 15, 33. And I'm closing. Are you blessed? First Corinthians 15, 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Corrupt good manners. What are good manners? Look at me everybody. Number one. Prayer cruise is good manners. Number two. Listening to God is a good manner. Number three, going to church and attending house centers on midweek service Wednesday is good manners. Evangelism is a good manner. Walking in love and forgiving brethren is good manners. Being respectful is good manners. Submitting to authority in the local church is good manner. They are very clear in scriptures. Waiting on God to know his will for your life is good manners. But you see, evil communication can reduce all of that to nothing. Evil communications. It can reduce all of that to nothing. 
So the challenges of listening to God and perception can start from the kind of communication we keep. Yes. Listening to God and perception starts from the kind of communications we keep. There is no neutral relationship in life. You know neutral? No neutral relationships. Every friendship is either provoking you to good works, Hebrews 10, 24, either provoking you to good works or corrupting your good manners. Every relationship you are in is either provoking you to good works or corrupting your good manners. So you must apply Bible common sense. Bible what? Evil communication corrupt good manners. Don't go around praying, Father, that brother, even though I know he has evil, is not good. Can I make him my friend? No. It's clear. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody said decisions will determine whether I am in the will of God or out of the will of God. No matter how minor those decisions. Thank you, Lord. Stand on your feet. What a service. Wednesday, I'm going to continue. I'm still going to be on decisions. I'm going to enter other areas of life. I've not finished with marriage. I've not finished. I will still touch marriage. Because marriage, marriage, it can keep you in heaven or hell on earth before we go there. Marriage, yes. Marriage can make you a happy man or a sad man. Marriage can make you a depressed person or an excited person. Marriage can give you high blood pressure and sugar diabetes at once. I'm not joking. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about because you're not married. Marriage can suddenly give you high blood pressure that even your grandfather didn't have. 170 over 140. That's a dead man. Dr. Gabriel, why are you laughing? You know, I didn't read medical science. Is it correct or wrong? Correct me now. <laughs> There's something like that. 170 over 140. Okay. Or is it 170 over 30? <laughs> that one now is stroke plus stroke. <laughs> you see a brother come to church. They are greeting him. He's looking. Wahala from house. Say, bro, bless you. Bro? Huh? <laughs> he left his wife at home. But the wife thought he left, but didn't know that he is still with her. That's why they are greeting He's still at home. Bro? Hmm? <laughs> That's where they are. Our sister comes to church. Even when I say, the Lord bless you, she's crying. It is well with you. She's crying. <laughs> that cry is not from what I'm saying. 
that Christ, if only you know what I'm going through in that house. Papa, deliver me from my husband. How can I deliver you? <laughs> I don't have a, an orphanage for women <laughs> who are suffering from their husbands to be camped. I'm sorry, mother, you have to still go back. That house, yes, sorry. Father, father, comfort her. Touch the man. Touch his hands. Touch his leg. Father, that koboko in the house, touch it. <laughs> Laugh so that when you are deciding, you remember my laughter. <laughs> marriage. <laughs> marriage can make you fulfill the plan of God and it can stop you. It's one critical decision. Critical. That's why Brother Paul said, I wish all of you can be like me. Because you saw what is going on here. So just be a eunuch. Father, thank you. I'm a eunuch from now. That's what Paul said it should be. It's better to be a eunuch than to be in hell in the name of marriage. So, choices. Decisions. Nobody's going to force you. Two of you were smiling when you decided. <laughs> you didn't know that the smile was a bait. <laughs> Just come. <laughs> Just come. <laughs> Whether man or woman, <laughs> just come. <laughs> just come. <laughs> you are the best man. <laughs> you are the best girl. Just come. <laughs> the moment you enter, who is laughing with you? <laughs> you think I'm laughing? You think I'm laughing? Who is your mate? One week inside the marriage, you are no more greeting people. Morning. One week only. It shouldn't be like that. Amen? Are we excited? Shouldn't be like that. Every area of your life should be filled with joy. Should be filled with victory. Should be filled with success. Every area of your life, you should be excited about life. You should wake up in the morning, all you have is joy, ready to face the day. That's living. That's how to live. That's the way God wants you to live. But your choices will determine whether you live like that or you live like this. Father, I pray for everybody. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every child in this service. Everyone watching online, all our campuses all over the world. Everyone following us on radio and television. I ask, oh Lord Jesus, that this series will bring correction. It will bring adjustments. It will bring solution. It will bring intervention. It will bring miracles. In the name of Jesus. That this series will help your people to liberate themselves. And walk in your plan. Walk in your purpose. And walk in your fullness. Great grace is upon every one of you. I decree that the enemy's trap will never walk on your life. Your soul has escaped like a bird. The snare is broken. The snare is broken. In the name of Jesus. I decree that the peace of God, that passes all understanding, the comfort of the Holy Ghost and the grace of God will help you in making decisions. You will make right decisions. You will make godly decisions. You will make decisions that will bring results of goodness and joy and pleasantness. It is well with you. Those of you that have made wrong decisions received supernatural intervention.
Receive the correction of God. Receive the correction of God. Receive the miracle of God to fix those situations. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. If you believe that prayer is answered, let your amen come on a note of finality. Well, go ahead, clap, celebrate, and rejoice. Rejoice for every area of your life. Rejoice for your marriage. Rejoice for your career. Rejoice for the ministry. Rejoice for your businesses. Rejoice for all that God is doing with you and all that God will do with you. Rejoice that things are working out. Rejoice that things are corrected. Rejoice that things are being fixed. Rejoice that things are working. Glory! 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 Say with me, I will live my best life. Now, not in the future. I am living my best life now. And I will keep working in the plan of God for my life. Say, yeah, I receive a life free from sorrow, fear, depression, frustration. I'm living a fulfilled life in Christ Jesus. And every day will be an improvement. My path is as a shining light. He shines brighter. I'm brighter, I'm brighter unto the perfect day. I didn't hear a powerful amen. That's the way God wants you to live. That's the way God wants you to live every day of your life. And husband, make up your mind not to give your wife a bitter life. Wife, make up your mind not to make your husband regret why he's alive. Don't. Make up your mind to make your home a haven of rest. Make up your mind to give your wife a better life than she had from her father's house. Make up your mind to live the life that Jesus died to offer. Live it well. Live it with reckless abandon. Let joy fill your heart. Let joy fill your life. Let joy fill you. That's what God wants you to do. That's the will of God for you. That's God's will. Don't live below. You don't belong there. Live above. The thoughts I have for you. Thoughts of good and not of evil. To give you a future. And a hope. And there is common sense in the Bible. On how to live this life. And that's what we're excavating. Are you blessed? Now I'm about to take up your offerings. But listen carefully. Today is partnership service. If you're watching all over the world. Today is partnership service. And if you're a partner of this ministry. Thank you for all that you do to help us do what we do. And today is another opportunity to give towards this ministry. And if you're not a partner, remember, somebody gave. That's why you heard me teach. If you also give to support us every month, more people will hear. Imagine if somebody didn't give, you wouldn't have heard. So if you don't give, other people will not hear. That's what partnership is all about. Where you intentionally decide every month to take a portion of your income and support what we do around the world. It's expensive. Global evangelism requires global income. Because it takes a lot of money to get the gospel out there. And as we get more partners, we're able to do more. We're able to push this light into the ends of the earth. So partners, thank you. And those of you that want to be partners today, shoot a mail to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Dr. Abel Damina. We will send you banking details and partnership information. Every month, you decide how much you want to send. We don't tell you how much to send. It's, it's, it's free will. It's generous. It's an offering of love for God. It's an offering of honor for Jesus. 
It's partnership to make what Jesus died for get to the people for whom he died. So you want to be one, shoot a mail to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Alright, and we'll be taking the partnership offering in a few minutes. I'm also, you know, um, informed that we need to announce the following. We're launching campuses all over the world. Um, we're launching a campus today. Uh, a campus today started in Onicha. We have a Power City campus right now in Onicha. So for those in Onicha, or you have people in Onicha, the Power City campus there is number 8 Chidera Street, Udoka Estate, Onicha. Number 8 Chidera Street, Udoka Estate, Onicha. The phone number for the coordinator there is 070-862-12139. For those in Onicha, or you have people there, refer them to the campus in Onicha. Then there's another campus that started today, Ntata, South Africa. Ntata, South Africa. That campus started today. For those in that area of South Africa, the number to call for you to direct people in that area to attend the campus is plus 278180-20044. I repeat, plus 278180-20044. Another campus started today in South Africa, Pearl, South Africa, Pearl, South Africa. So if you have people there, encourage them to attend the campus the phone number for that campus in Pearl, South Africa is plus 27-677-415-455. I repeat, plus 27-677-415-455. Another campus started today in Harare, Zimbabwe. Another campus started in Harare, Zimbabwe. For, for those in Harare, Zimbabwe, that's the capital of Zimbabwe, the address for Harare is 37 Giraffe Crescent. 37 Giraffe Crescent, Borodale West in Harare. The number to call for those in Zimbabwe for your people in Harare to attend our campus is plus 263-772-431-344. I repeat, plus 263-772-431-344. That's the campus in Harare, Zimbabwe. And I'm informed that today makes one year for our campus in Johannesburg, South Africa. Can we celebrate the brethren in Johannesburg? We celebrate with you guys. We're taking the nations of the earth with the gospel of Christ. Can I have a good amen? amen. Glory! Amen. amen. Alright, grab your honor offering. Let's give in honor of God's word. Every time we teach the word, we give you an opportunity to give in honor of the word, in honor of the labor of God's word, and in honor of all that Christ has done. Now listen, for the purpose of campuses, Every time we ask you for the honor offering, listen carefully for all our campuses. The honor offering comes to the headquarters. So if there's a banking details of the headquarters and you want to give an, banking, I mean an honor offering after every teaching, you need to make sure you send it to the account in the headquarters here. Number two, the partnership offering comes to the headquarters. Alright, so when you're sending partnership offerings at the campuses, make sure... You don't misdirect it. And it's not because I don't trust. It's just you need to have clarity. Then the worship offering goes to your campus where you are. The worship offering goes to your campus where you are. So that the campus has some financial ability to take care of the campus's responsibilities. Alright? So partnership comes here for global evangelism. Honor comes here because this is where we labor to reach out to you. Then finally... Your worship offerings or general offering at the campuses go to that local campus there so that the campus has some finances.
to help it run its operation. You need to have that clarity. That's very important. Okay. Now, let me quickly ask for the honor offering. Lift it up to heaven. There are banking details on the screen where you, you know, send in your honor offerings. Banking details are scrolling on the screen for those on TV and for those online. And radio audience, Mr. Michael Bush, we still have about 10 minutes for ask the counselor. Radio audience, Mr. Michael Bush, read the banking details. I will answer one or two questions before we sign you off. All right? Lift up your offerings. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege to give. We give in faith. We give with joy. Our offerings are a sweet smell before you today. And thank you for the opportunity to make a difference in our world through our givings. Everyone giving, the blessing is upon you and your family. And I decree that your needs are met supernaturally. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen like thunder. Alright, we're going to worship and give the offerings and the banking. I mean, the, you bring your offerings right anywhere on the pulpit. Drop them with joy. Hit the music as we give and honor Christ. Praise God. afternoon church i just take the traditional opening announcements then we get down to the nitty-gritty of us the counselor today we have three bank accounts of course and they all have one account name power city international that's the account name there are three banks fcmb there's Zenith, and there is uba i'm starting on this edition with uba 139 26 465 that's for uba for Zenith, 10, 12, 36, 59, 12, that's for Zenith, and then for FCMB, 29, 82, 68, 20, 28, Power City International, that's the account name. Quickly, finally, for sponsorship, for partnership, and for support, so that we can continue to remain on air and reach as many people as we can uh, across the nooks and crannies of our country, the number to call. Uh, is plus two three four. If, again, if you are doing from outside the country, otherwise it's oh eight oh three two seven five six one oh four. You just send an email or two to Doctor Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Doctor, there of course is Diaro. Okay, the stage is set. My name is Michael Bush. My producer joins me. Put your hands together as we welcome the man of the moment, Global Baba, Doctor Abel Damina, the Intercontinental Mr. Bush. Good to have you here on a Sunday like this. Fantastic, Global Baba. Bless you, man. Bless you. You bless have you. tremendous strength. So much power, Global Baba. Well, you too. <laughs> We've been doing it together. <laughs> Global Baba, so nice to see you. Global Thank Baba, you. so nice to see you. And uh, Pastor Preso Kona, resident pastor, welcome back. Put your hands together for him. Global Baba, without any further ado, we're just going to start, as we always do, with a quick prayer for the road. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the privilege of receiving answers to prayer guaranteed in Christ. So we pray for Kwaibom State, the governor, his executive cabinet, 
all the public servants, civil servants, and everyone that serves this state, citizens of Akwaibom, businessmen, career people, professionals, students, women, mothers, children, fathers, we ask that grace abounds in this land, that the message of Christ continues to grow and thrive in this land, and every deception and falsehood and religion collapses like a pack of cards in the name of Jesus. Amen. We pray for Nigeria that the gospel of Christ continues to thrive and the gospel of Christ continues to gain, gain momentum in this nation. We pray for all of Africa and the rest of the world that disciples are raised, preachers are released, and the gospel of Christ dominates our world. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you very much. Ask the counselor, the special edition that we call the freestyle edition that will just fly all over and take the calls as they come starts now. We start this edition of the program uh, from Uyo, where we are. Hello, Global Baba. My name is Emmanuel. And I write from you, please. I have desire, Global Baba, to marry a white woman. I've discussed it with my friends and my family. They say it's, not, it's a bad idea that the woman can wake up one day and fly away with her children. Please, my father, advise me on this one. Thank you. Ah, fly away, oh glory. <laughs> white women don't fly with children. White women don't fly. They are human beings like us. The white people are human beings like us. You know, there's no difference between us and them. Just cultural difference. So if you want to marry a white woman, you've got to get yourself into a white society. Live among white people. Get to understand their way of life. Get to understand their culture. And then see if you will think about marrying a white woman after that. If you still do, by then you will have built friends. You will have networked. They will have known you. You will have known them. They will have been able to trust you enough to allow you marry their daughter. So that's the way it is, like it is in every nation, in every culture. You can't stay in Akwaibom and be dreaming of a white woman because there are no white girls in Akwaibom. We only have our Nigerian Akwaibomites and Nigerians, uh, you know, and a few Africans maybe. So if you want white woman, go to white community, go to white society. I advise you, America is there, Europe is there, England is there. You can go there, relocate, since you, you have the money to do that. She'll be able to fly there and uh, settle there for a while. Then you can pick a white woman there and marry. And you can be sure she's not going to fly with your children because before you marry her, you will have known who she is. You will have understood her. She will have understood you. And you will have followed all the things I taught on relationships. Greetings, Global Baba and the Intercontinental Mr. Michael Bush. God bless you for the good work you're doing for the body of Christ. Please, I would like to remain anonymous. Global Baba, kindly help me on the following. I have a, a prayer partner. She told me that the Holy Spirit told her that I'm her prayer partner. She introduced me to her church, but I don't understand her. I feel she's now jealous of me as my prayer life has changed dramatically since I started praying with her. I confronted her, but she said she was not jealous and that it's the devil making me to feel that way. I don't know what to do now because it's like my prayer life has changed upwards, but has going down. Sometimes she asks me to pray for strength that she can't pray. I need your advice. Please, Global Baba, help me. God bless you. Well, what you do is share with her the things you learned that has made your prayer life to be transformed. Take time, share with her. And, uh, you know, um, just that, share with her. But if it's, the friction is increasing, two cannot work together except they agree. You may have to start reconsidering, keeping some distance, and maybe looking for somebody else. You want to make your prayer partner that is able to pray with you so that together you can sharpen yourselves. Iron sharpen iron. Wood does not sharpen iron. 
Many more blessings from Uyo again. Says, uh, hello, Global Baba. I must confess I've never really taken time to listen to your messages. Not up until yesterday and today. I paid rapt attention to you. I'm so blessed and touched. God bless you, sir. Anytime I want to pray to God for anything, I would always hear a voice reminding me um, to go to Matthew 6.33. Please, my question, Global Baba, uh, what are the things of the kingdom that I should seek first? I've been hearing this voice since 2017. Blessing from you. Well, blessing, what you seek for so the kingdom is the revelation of Jesus and what he has done for you in his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus is the embodiment of God's kingdom. So if you are to seek Jesus, seek first the kingdom, it means seek Jesus first. So, and that's what we preach in Power City. So pay attention to the things we teach in this church. You will grow in the knowledge of Christ, in the knowledge of the kingdom, and you will walk in that reality. Anonymous entry again, Global Baba, please, Daddy, can you help me explain Acts 24, 16, with respect to who a Christian is, having robbed and defrauded another? Acts 24, 16. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense towards God and towards men. Well, you're just trying to use the Bible to back up your expectation of what should be. Because that's not exactly what Brother Paul was talking about here in Acts 24. So to understand what he's saying, start from verse 1 and read the entire chapter. And if you still don't understand, read from Acts chapter 1 to Acts chapter end. Global Baba. Then you will understand that what Paul was talking about there is not restitution. What Paul was talking about there is the gospel. How that he keeps his conscience clear by preaching what he ought to preach, which is the gospel of Christ, without adding his nuances and his own ideologies. 